Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hello, that was Jeff Mitchell's Fat Cigars you were listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this podcast so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave, and we have Debris with us from the 724 Lounge. She's back and able to smoke after having all of her teeth removed. <laughs> yeah, these are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we all have our problems, you know. How are you doing after all that? Um, you know, after, you get your after the first, I didn't even go under. Really? No, no, I did the uh, the numbing and mm-hmm. that was it. It was um, traumatic for the moment, but I got over it. Very good. There's just like a little bit of uh, buzzing and drilling in my head and some seat clenching. That is and... always weird when you can't feel anything <laughs> and there's buzzing and drilling and things Pulling shooting out of your and... mouth. <laughs> oh, that's, it's bad. You see steam coming out. You're like, what the heck? But I feel much better now. No, I had my headphones on. I was listening to conspiracy theories on YouTube. We were nice. good. Yeah. And you're able to smoke again. You had to take some time off that, right? I did. Just about two weeks. Oh, mm-hmm. that's horrid. It sucked. <laughs> yes. No straws, no Everything mm-hmm. must taste so much better now, though. I feel happier. You know what? I, I have more space. In that's me. what counts. That you feel happier, Bree. That's what counts. More, more room for cigar smoke. Mm-hmm. More room for cigar smoke. <laughs> less teeth to get in the way. Uh, well, tonight um, we're going to be uh, going into a discussion that Pat's going to lead on um, the latest announcement from the FDA. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the cigar we're smoking. It's this. This is the Sindicato Maduro Toro. And it features a Mexican San Andreas uh, Moron wrapper. Is that how you would pronounce it? What was that? Are you listening, Pat, to the podcast? No. Yeah. (laughs) We're actually on air, Pat. Um, So this is specifically a uh, San Andreas Moron. Now, it's spelt like moron. But I know, like... In you know Spanish, it's probably not how you would pronounce it, it's really like moron or moron. something. Moron, moron, moron. 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 I, I can't believe it's moron. There's no tildes. It's like no. it's just a very unfortunate, yeah, very unfortunate name uh, for U.S. people, especially here in the Northeast, where moron is one of the favorite words to call people you don't like. Um, Mex, and then then uh, aside from the Mexican San Andreas. 
uh, wrapper. It's got the Nicaraguan binder and filler. It's a box press Toro, six by fifty-four. And Bree, what are we pairing with this tonight? You so, picked out a fine bourbon I for us. I did. So we are drinking the Ezra Book Ezra Brooks. Ezra it's, Brooks. Um, not just any Ezra Brooks either. It is the one hundred seven proof Ezra Brooks. Mm. So um, honestly, it's a really affordable bourbon for what it is. Um, it's it's made the traditional non-charcoal filtered way okay um, or sorry charcoal filtered and then the traditional they, charcoal filter yes the old-fashioned charcoal filter way the old um, i can kind of taste a little bit of it's that. bottled at 107 proof so this is a pretty high proof bourbon mm -hmm. but it has like a really refined and smooth finish so you it has that warmth to it but you almost wouldn't guess that mm. it's as high proof as it is um it's got so, a very interesting aftertaste doesn't it how would you describe it I'm like at a loss for words. I mean, you're my, you're I'm my bourbon babe. I'm <laughs> wow, wow. Whoa. That made me feel awkward. Right? <laughs> Pat. That's saying something. There, it's so easy to make you feel awkward. He's gotten better, though. Oh, all I have to do is touch his hand and he'll be crawling. <laughs> so the forward notes, um, like the prominent notes, oh, which I do get, but it's also what they describe it as are um, rich caramel, vanilla, and oak. So I I get that on the nose, but I am getting like a little bit of like um not an appley aftertaste, but it has something unique to it. Like it's not your traditional oak; it's almost like a honey coated oak. Mm -hmm. like it's, yeah, it's like a sweet charred honeysickle. Oak. Sweet charred oak. Yeah. Charred honeysickle. Would you agree with that, Pat? Yeah, it has like a a sweet charred oak there even. I don't want to say banana. I feel like I said that recently. I already said apple, so. Did you? Apple? Apples and bananas. Apples and bananas. <laughs> yeah, this is one of our Potion Master's favorites as well. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's a very, very nice bourbon. All right, so now that we know what the cigar is, um, why don't we start by letting you, Pat, kind of give us an overview of what this announcement from the FDA was, which they did on the 10th of March. And then we'll take the time, go around, talk about the cigar and what we're getting and the pairing. And then we'll go into kind of discussing what it means, what we think what of it. What does it really mean anyway? <laughs> yes, Dave, yes. Yeah, so I'm just going to start off because like, I think the, the last brief I had done was... I don't remember, but I think it was about the deeming rule and like the current yes. um, litigation going on with the option two defining premium cigar to be under its own category. Mm -hmm. And we had a favorable opinion so far. Um, verdict's not quite out yet, but it seems pretty favorable for the industry. Um, for premium cigars, again, pipe tobacco is not incorporated in that. But um, disclaimer to begin with is this is. FDA's agenda regardless of that hearing now that if the verdict comes in that premium cigars are going to be treated differently and categorically different then I think it's going to be different when this yeah, new regulation is applied but some of them might apply but most won't, this yeah. is kind of a one size fits all without being a one size fits all thing for all tobacco right so regardless of that case this would still be something we're dealing with so overall i guess i'll kind of say like what i 
think it is before I go into like the facts of it. Essentially, it, FDA, it, instead of regulating the actual product in your hand, they're regulating the means that brings that product to your hand. So it's, it's going to the actual manufacturer's end of it now, opposed to our, you know, just like the retail standpoint to the consumer. This is now the FDA is kind of putting the foot in the door in the actual manufacturing of it. So the objective of this new regulation really is to regulate in our case, cigar factories, again, this pertains to all tobacco, like cigarettes, bulk tobacco, e-cigarettes, pipe tobacco, anything tobacco related. And then domestic and international, as long as they do business in the United States, they're going to be subject to these regulations. Um, and just random facts, they're doing their public hearing April 12th. Um, the comment period is going to be going until September 6th. It's typically 180 days. So... If you're in the industry, the FDA is obligated to answer all the comments. Um, so that's just just good to know. So when will it happen? Um, if this goes through, it's going to be, if you're considered a big company, which is over 350 employees, it's going to be two years after the final rule is officially enacted. If you're a smaller company being below 350 employees, it's going to be four years until you have to be with regulation. So... Obviously, as I had mentioned, the current, um, the CAA versus the US FDA is going to be a big factor in what happens here, to, you know, with what a premium cigar is, if it's going to be defined as differently, which um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that towards the end of this thing. Okay. So, uh, the, the document's 297 pages. I had read around 160. Um, I read the legal knees part of it because Charlie on Half Wheel did a really good job kind of dissecting the stuff that really pertains to premium cigars. So I read the portion that I feel he may not. I'm sure he read the whole thing, but I, I read the stuff that I guess like an attorney would read, the boring stuff. So um, essentially the general gist of the regulations is the FDA wants to have the manufacturers kind of dictate some of the regulations so they would be tasked with essentially saying how the proper way for, in our case, a premium cigar to be made would be. And it's a lot of documentation. Everything is going to be documented, like to the point where if you're growing tobacco and you're not manufacturing, but you're selling those bulk tobaccos to a manufacturer, like they want unique SKU codes for each component, like whether it's the, the, the wood for the box, the, the lajero and a filler. So if there's a defect in the product, it can go back and, and see like out of this and every box would have to be dated. They could look at the date of the box for the manufacturing and then see, okay, well, this was defected. It's the, you know, barcode here. Oh, it was the Jalapa Lajero. But, so they want everything to be systematically documented. Um, and this is called MMRs, Master Manufacturing Records. So th this is what they're really implementing in this policy amongst many other things. So before I get really deep into it, I'll, um, I'm going to go with their legal authority on how they're able to do this. And I think it really touches on the purpose behind the regulation. 
So the power is derived from obviously like the delegation of power from Congress to the FDA to handle tobacco. And it's, it has to be in the benefit of the public welfare and health. So that's obviously tobacco, not just premium cigars, but all tobacco, the health risks that they've have studies to prove. Again, this is like a kind of a one size fits all thing. So it's just all tobacco. It's not, there's no, like whenever I, I say health risks, I'm not talking about just cigars. Like it's a lot of what they're citing in this entire 300 pages is mainly e-cigarettes. It's like their big target along with cigarettes. Because again, like when it comes to like having, you know, different metals or things inside the tobacco, that's typically what you have in that sector, right. not ours. Right. So the circumstances that they're really looking at is they want the product to not have any foreign objects in it that's like a big thing like when you receive a product like fingernails you know, yeah you know, they, yeah right. they cite pieces of the, the like little plastic blade, you know. metal so there is none but whatever <laughs> yeah but again this is all all tobacco so it's really to help ensure that tobacco products are not being altered in any ways including having these foreign objects in them or if the ratio of nicotine or what's in the cigar is off, they're concerned that the consumer is going to be shocked with the additives that they're not expecting in the product. So they're really it, well. It, that that I think I think that depends because one of the things that that I got from reading it was one thing might not apply to another like the amount of nicotine that they put in vape juice mm -hmm. they're not going to have to have a lab in a cigar manufacturing because they don't deal with the nicotine level it's a natural agricultural product so that might not that probably won't pertain to them yeah i mean again and they also said that they would allow them to come up with their own rules and they you know in their own they were, that was heavily encouraged like it, this to me, I mean, as far as like, it didn't really sound that bad. Honestly. Well, I'll get to why it's bad in a moment. So I'm just going to do three quick little things that they referenced on, you know, like the purpose for refusing emission of products. One is if they have been manufactured, processed, or packed under insanitary conditions. Unsanitary. Two, unsanitary. Insanitary. Unsanitary. Are forbidden or restricted in sale of the country in which they are produced or from what they were exported. And if there's any um, alteration or misbranded. So I, everything that they're doing is really to protect these things. Like not having foreign objects in the product. Not being misbranded. Not, ha you know, like the, 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 right. the boxing of it. All of which on the surface, who would have a problem with that? Yeah, which on the surface, you know, on the, from what I've heard from people coming back from cigar manufacturers, like ninety percent of this shit is already done. You know, it's just it's it's not done in the way the FDA likes it. Like, well, you it's know, not codified, double spaced, double spaced <clears throat> type letter and stuff like that. Like, this is stuff that's been passed down from generation to generation. So we'll get into that. Where it's so, known, it's just not written. So, th there's eleven points that are pretty important as to what this is doing so that's going to be influencing especially the premium cigar industry so first of all organizational charts you're going to have and then i, I this is part of charlie this is what charlie on half wheel thought were the important things that 
pertain to cigars. Again, he read the half. I don't think I read. So, you know, setting up who's responsible for what. So you would have these people in these factories that are responsible for reporting to the FDA and keeping, like, the documents organized. Um, secondly, it would be worker cleanliness. So th this is actually something that could be pretty adverse to a premium cigar. Smoking while you're working. Or anything, anything like that, like hairnets, jewelry, smoking while you're working. It's I think it's going to Americanize the conditions in the factories, which, again, could be a good thing, but, again, could be a bad thing. Um, obviously, building cleanliness and maintenance. Now, the issue of this would be a small. there's some factories and rolling areas that don't have like sealed walls like they're essentially outdoors right. so when it comes to these standards like could that potentially disqualify the factory i'm not sure environmental conditions hvac community monitoring air filtration um well that's what i mean when you're outside do you need any of that well here's the thing you know, i mean I like just... we make we make concrete forms outside you know you don't you, you don't have to worry about dispelling fumes from concrete because you're out freaking side not for you nothing, I mean? but the government's been trying to put a ta tax on natural things ever since the beginning of time. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and then you know, I just you know cigars. went down and saw a farm that probably really is not going to have to do anything for this. The Aladino farm, they're they're so yeah, freaking everything clean. is labeled, everything but, is but clean. It's, you know, it's everything, beside the point. You know. But but down there, HVAC means absolutely nothing. nothing right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is there is no HVAC down there. I mean, it's just. That, that's not a it, talk about Americanizing the the process, and I, I think that's a great way of putting it, Pat. Um, I, I don't that would be a big burden on on some of these factories if they end up having to say, look, if your working conditions are not kept at this degree and this humidity level, and and but it doesn't need to be for the product, and I think that's one of the things that. Um, I think that's a that's a loophole as far as like from what I got from it they were really they weren't saying that when cigar company A and cigar company B do these regulations they're not going to be the same for both it's going to be specific to them because everybody's different that's that's what I got from it so I'll give my two cents on it after I kind of get the general just down so the manufacturing standards would have to be different. So again, like as I said, like documentation for the entire process of it, like what's in the cigar, how much it's supposed to weigh. Uh, I'll get to that shortly. I actually have a quote from the actual rule itself that speaks to this point. Um, handling complaints and errors. So if you have an issue with the cigar, again, like the remedial measures, if you voice a complaint that would have to be documented on record, if a consumer complaint, a preface, and, you know, they would have to be able to look at the, you know, the documentation and like those unique SKUs I was mentioning and see what the issue was. Um, right. Risks, which again, could be for premium cigars or, you know, e-vapes and all that stuff. Um, so you would need foreseeable risks to be documented, which in our case would be like, you know, cigar mold, beetles. If you use pesticides, I don't think there's many companies that do, if any. But those kinds of things, just different risks associated with. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that they had said was, FDA gives the following example. A risk associated with product design is a dissolvable tobacco product whose size and shape resembles candy, resulting in potential misuse by har the harm of children. So 
that seems like kind of an old like thing, like the deeming rule, the whole argument we talked about last time, like the whole threat to kids. I don't know if they're specifically attacking uh, premium tobacco here, but you know, the, again, like it's it's very weird reading this because it's it's ninety percent of this thing is everything but premium cigar. Like, I want to know what they mean by dissolvable. You know what I mean? Like, what the what does that actually mean in their terminology? You know, like so, what, are they, what are they trying to get at with dissolvable? Because that doesn't sound like anything it would have to do with a premium tobacco. So, well, so, with cigars, no, but it it might with others, other tobacco related products so that even like supplier qualifications like if you're going to have a supplier like say i'm out to a one day and i'm buying cameroon from marifel i would have to have how why i think their services are acceptable and how effective their supply is if i want to start doing business with another company i would have to have on record you know, why I selected them, how their performance is, what their quality is, and, and, and kind of justify why I'm choosing this supplier to get my tobacco. Packaging, I tried reading into it. I think it's, again, e-cigarettes and, and cigarettes and things of that sort because, you know, like we had a favorable to them, yeah. opinion about warning labels, but, you know, like maybe not misleading packaging. I'm not sure where the packaging would really go. And the big thing is FDA inspection. So the FDA would be traveling to these factories and inspecting and making sure the documentation is in order and making sure that they're following the procedures. So one of the things that they had actually said about premium cigars in the regulation is the proposed rule would require the production process procedures include certain additional requirements if applicable under proposed rule. If a production process includes a manual method or process, well, this will be a bunching of rolling cigars, the production process procedures would be required to describe the manual method or process in sufficient detail to ensure that the tobacco product meets established um, specializations and include, if applicable, the criteria for worksmanship using a standard or approved model sample. An actual or diagramic representation of the model sample could show the design and construction of a tobacco product. For example, a hand-rolled cigar could be represented by a model sample that defines the type and size of the tobacco leaf to be used for the wrapper, the type and amount of filler tobacco to be used, and brand label to be applied, and the size, shape, length, diameter of the finished rolled cigar. Similarly, a documented standard could establish specific length, gauge, width, and shapes of certain types of standardized cigars i.e corona churchill and pantella i.e vitolas <laughs> <laughs> sounds like just like more paperwork <clears throat> so yeah the interesting thing that i actually picked out from this that i those also do not have to be made public by the company yeah but so the thing that i picked out from this portion that i don't think charlie really looked thought of or maybe he did just in reference it in his article is a common thing is factory seconds mm -hmm. and when i'm my reading of this regulation would mean that you can't do that if you're making a cigar a certain cigar and it doesn't meet the quality control i don't think you can just reuse it they there is articles here i'm not going to keep reading long paragraphs about reusing tobacco mm -hmm. but you're not going to be able to do it so I, it's even stringent yeah. on if you that have a box. That sounds government to me. Let's create more waste. 
<laughs> so if you have like a box of 20 cigars and three are defective, you can replace the three of other ones. But I think the ones that you're taking out of the box, I don't think you can repurpose them. From what my understanding, I could be wrong. Well, I mean, it, that's something that if that's a correct reading. If they make of, a document for it in a process, yes, they could. If they but make if, a, if you're if documenting, like, process, when it comes to, like, when how you're, you reuse something. If you're documenting how these products are made like you're supposed to be, you can't document how a factory second is made because it's coincidental with the process. You're not intentionally yeah. making that cigar. What I was starting to say was, you know, th that may be something that needs well, added to this. They're also that, concerned about environmental and not having waste is environmental. So taking that's, care that's of your not waste really, using it. That's not I really that's... pertaining to the relevance right now on this. I mean, pesticide environmental concerns aren't really like the main concern is the product that's being i think the fda wants to know what's actually in these products tobacco they want to they want to know well, typically all you have to do right now is just say it's dark air cured tobacco leaf but they want everything they want to know exactly what it actually is like the sober mesa brulee why is it sweet you know what i mean like that's they want to know everything about that cigar right so Overall, um, the pros and cons. So, if anyone's any questions about it, I read a lot of this thing. I just don't want to legal knees the hell out of the show. So, if anyone's any random questions about the regulations, I have the answers. I'm just not going to keep aimlessly going without conversation. So, I had written down three pros and three cons from four cons on my understanding of the policy. And I'll just disclaim in the beginning here that, you know, like, Dave had mentioned that it's a good thing. It, it seems on the face a good thing, which I think a lot of people are going to look at it that way. But, you know, like, the FDA is starting <laughs> to regulate factories. And the first level of regulation might seem good because, you know, there's more saying it, but... After they establish that they can regulate these factories, it's going to be round two, three, four, five, six. That's going to be what impacts the industry, not necessarily the first round. So we still have to be very critical right. of what they're doing. Um, so the pros that I picked out from it is currently like the syndicato that we're smoking right now. It's not going to impact this cigar. These re the current regulations as they stand, like this syndicato is going to be the same. It, it, nothing with this specific cigar is going to change. The second pro is stage one of the regulations. To me, it does seem positive. There's nothing wrong with having like a clean environment or you know healthy workplaces or to me documenting what's in the cigar. It's not going to be public knowledge, but I just think like it's it's just to me it's good. To, to do those things and then th the third is the currency of the fda seems to be allowing the industry to shape at least stage one of the regulations so that kind of mingles in with one of the cons that i have which i'll get to in a moment and then so my cons are that this the the, the sophisticated documentation they're looking for is going to to me like limit creativity so when you know and this is something charlie spoke to as well like if if someone wants to try to make something new or test something like aladino in this case maybe doing the candela 
if it, they're not going to just be able to just do it that easily. It's going to take a lot of documentation, a lot of manpower, a lot of processes. So it might deter some companies from actually trying to do a really short really even like taa for instance they you know a lot of them are only a couple thousand boxes right like those kinds of small releases are going to start probably not being that well that's one of the do. that's one of the comments they could make on the rules is like this doesn't work for small batches yeah or in that case those that's when i think the regulation is going to be bad because i don't think just because it's a small batch means that they're going to lower the standard for the documentation the documentation seems to be the main purpose of this so anything right. you want to do to deter documentation you're yeah, not but documentation does not equal quality because it the doesn't quality matter is, they, the quality has been there with him before it doesn't matter the the, the the fda got their dirty little fingers involved well, the fda would say you don't know that the quality has been there you don't know either right and don't you want to know that's that's the the argument they're making is that is that uh you know it's let's let's make sure that this is that these things are being produced in a safe way in a regular way where nothing shady is going on and if something goes wrong we can track down the problem and and deal with it that's from from the fda's point of view i think that's what they're trying to do and if that's all they're trying to do I don't really have a problem with it in theory. My big problem with this is in uh, reality. You know, I I don't see the FDA sending, you know, people to all of these factories in, you know, Honduras, I'll sign up Nicaragua, for that job. the Dominican <laughs> Republic. All right. I don't I don't see them going over to the Mirafel, you know, Cameroon farms in Africa. I, I don't see them going to Indonesia to look at Basuki tobacco. I, I just, I don't see that happening. And I don't necessarily see a, uh, all of these um, little factories or growers it's gonna be Zoom saying, meetings, man. saying I'm, I'm going to agree to this. Not for nothing. Uh, and like, and yeah. I, I just, I, I think there's, I, I don't know how po possible this is to do. Well, I'm well, going to say, like, I... There's got to be detail-oriented people in I'm every taking, single... Yeah. It seems inequitable, like, too. With me being in environmental law, like, that's, you know, like, the um, the EPA is another government agency. They, they have the means and ability to do those things. Like, it, it does, like, looking at it from the outside, like, yeah, that's pretty tedious, but they have very... They might even hire, like, cigar people to do it. Like, it's very attainable for them to do that so so devil's advocate like going to the whole like if it ain't broke don't fix it mentality mm -hmm. and you look at historically you know with vapes and e-cigarettes e and cigarettes like you've had all these like public health crises like you know the vapes with the popcorn lung yada 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 all that stuff and those things obviously they're cracking down on that regulation wise but when we look at the premium cigar industry that's been going on for thousands of years have we ever had any serious help like so they had issues? spoken to this in the actual regulation um i'm not going to quote it because i didn't memorize it but i did read it they're one of the legal authorities that they have under the fda is to basically look out for 
inherent risks risks that are not typically associated with the product so if something is made a certain way that's not to standard and it introduces another risk that's not typically in that product that's something that they're tracking down on as well so that goes to the documentation like why let's just use like just pretend like just just say like there's this new undiscovered cancer that suddenly everyone that smokes maduro cigars breaks out with in 2030 right like they want to be able to see what caused it and it because that's not a traditional risk that is associated with premium cigars so that's one of the legal authorities under their their right. um delegated power that they're looking out for so it's not necessarily like oh cigars cause cancer it's stuff that may happen down the road that isn't currently associated with these products unforeseen so more preventative rather so than a paper trail for it so yeah. that's what their focus really is when it comes to our industry obviously mm -hmm. like e-cigarettes there's some sketchy illegal mm -hmm. sales and things going on there but that's really what i took away from this that they're looking to kind of prevent from happening and to keep mm -hmm. ties on which leads into my second con which is that I mentioned this earlier, it opens the door for FDAs to regulate factories. I think this could be very bad. And especially like as these regulations, this is one big overall rule. So I'm concerned that they might start commingling different sectors of the industries together when they do these regulations. There's obviously some things that would never be applicable to premium tobacco. Like right. there's no laboratories in a rolling facility where in like vapes and stuff you have i don't know what the hell they do but they do some <laughs> chemistry shit in a laboratory so that's my sec my third one and this is actually something i was thinking prior when i first saw this come out i was reading about it and then charlie actually put this on his um article as well in that the one of the big cons and the unfortunate reality is the industry likely isn't going to take advantage of the time that we earned from getting potentially this favorable opinion from the deeming rule case. Like right now we have an opportunity to kind of shape these regulations, you know, put these comments in and kind of use the time we were given to distinguish premium tobacco from everything else. And I really don't think that we're going to take advantage of the time that we were just given to kind of remediate things, not remediate, but to get ahead of the curve here. Because I think a lot of people have a misconception that if we get a favorable ruling from the deeming rule, that the FDA is just going to stop touching no, they're not. premium cigars. They're 100% going to regulate them. They're going to come back with something else. And this we, is their time to set their rules. Yeah. Like that's like the from what I got, Pat, is that you know they gave they gave the the industry a lot of leeway to say, hey, look, this is going to be regulated. We prefer it if you just did it yourself and we work together otherwise we're just going to do abc xyz so this is our time to like say this is what we're going to do and I, I i i i think if we miss that step and if they're not proactive then then they're going to be screwed yeah and you know if unfortunately that's one of the things i've learned about the cigar industry in my time here is that uh, uh typically they do things at the last minute and that goes all the way down to the stores. You know, you have an event planned, you know, six months in advance. Nothing like that ever happens and here, Dan. what happens is it's it's on the calendar for six months. But for most shops, they don't even start thinking about that event until 
like the day before. You know, I mean, how many how many times have I heard reps tell me that that it was you know the event was at a at a store that they were doing that was going to be Thursday. They put in the order for the cigars on Monday, and prayed that they would get there in time. I mean, that's but that's how from from the top to the bottom. That's how we are. We we're so you know engrossed and enjoying cigars and uh, that we don't actually do anything. And as a quick little point, um, as far as like the uh, so no, insanitary. Uh, no, hold on, time they, out. I just got a text from Brett two minutes ago that says no sound. Uh, we should be good. We got sound right there. Hmm. Let's sound. There's sound. All right. Yeah. There's Maybe sound. It came back. It's their stuff. Right. Tell them to check. Maybe um, Brett's screwing with me. See, uh, <laughs> she says entirely the, the term insanitary is not necessarily wrong. It's just the British form of saying unsanitary. Oh, I like it even more now. <laughs> insanitary. Insanitary. As insanitary. Opposed, <laughs> as opposed to out sanitary. <laughs> as opposed to out sanitary. So I'd rather be in sanitary. Like I think out one of, of the negatives I didn't put because it's kind of like. In opinion, how she knows that i don't know is i yeah. think that <laughs> insanitary right that's the thing right it's yeah like, no yeah. it's just it's just the original the form the original. of the word yeah, yeah here, so we uh, say unsanitary they say so that's why i didn't defend here, myself yeah, yeah. Here, i was gonna here insult in america you guys. we say unsanitary yes, america. here in america america <laughs> so anyway that, <laughs> so the i know english so dan i'm gonna swear <laughs> um i told you <laughs> so I, I honestly like it, when it comes to like the industry doing something about it a lot of these big titan you know manufacturers in the industry they're already doing a lot it's very obtainable for them to meet these requirements and i yeah. think the big factories are actually going to set the precedent and i i think this is gonna i, I think a lot of the big machos in the industry are going to probably like this at least right off the bat because yeah. of, i think it's going to kill a lot of small factories mm -hmm. You know, like your typical like example, like Pete Johnson with um Garcia making like the Tap Brown label, like those kinds of interactions. I don't think are gonna happen if this like, takes effect because you, you're not gonna. It, it, documentation, like it's just it's gonna the boutique well, lines it depends and, like, on the like creativity. You know, I think it's gonna. I'm sure that there's gonna, also gonna be like legislation on like mm -hmm. when those documents have to be provided. I I, sure I would say that the see then that's the you don't know right like that's why it is concerning so that, that's just like a side con that i just because they also said there. something like uh uh you know the uh the smaller companies would have like four years to even come up with this stuff well you also so. hope there's like an additional like streamlined point of contact where obviously it gets trickier when there's more hands involved but where well, smaller companies this is go to this is where the tobacco industry could really shine say, it would be like yeah. if they set up people like we're gonna have our own infrastructure of people that are doing this like here's the people here's people these are the people we want to regulate and, and come in for us see it's this person this person's really good this person's really good you know if we if we really get proactive with those we could make it so much easier for our own industry if we're proactive about it because so, regardless it's gonna happen right like I mean, is there any hope of this of like you know this going to like the supreme court or something like that and this being like ah no just start planting cigar or, or does the, the fda <laughs> get to say these are the rules and then that's it. Well, I mean, just like depending on how the rule goes for the deeming rule, like you could still argue that we should be exempt from this as well. So this is going to probably be another big pissing match. 
But now, something Charlie had mentioned is he thinks that there's not going to be a lot of companies involved in this one because it's, again, if you're a big company, this is pretty easy for you to do. But, and then that's with the issue that I referenced earlier on people not thinking oh, how bad this is. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is just phase one, and typically phase five through whatever is what kills the industry. And so, that's, that's, that's where, you know, the thing is, if, if this is the end of the agenda, okay. But this I is don't, where the little I guys need to climb. I don't believe at all. This is really what they're trying to and even like I think they're trying to get their foot back in the door so that they can... Well, they want to see how it's done. I think this is how they're teaching themselves how it works, and then they're going to start coming harder on it. And here's an example I was thinking of. So, I like Liga Pravada, right? So, yeah. the T-52 crop four something years ago because of one of the hurricanes got completely drenched and now the crop right now a lot of connecticut i know like you know tapernacle had the same issue so the current t52s that are coming out are as dark as a liga number nine because i'm assuming because they had to ferment the hell out of the tobacco so it's ready to go mm-hmm. under this regulation i don't think you can do that Unless they make a documentation explaining the process, but now you would have That's to the essentially re—you would have to re-release the fifty-two because now you're altering the process, the process on how that made. cigar is made, which is a no-no. Well, n- see, that's the whole thing. Is I have to—I'd—I'd have to say if they explain the process with leeway, a vape, like, with like, for instance. This is how we normally do it. Under this circumstance, circumstance this, this happens. Under this circumstance, this, this happens. happens. So we get ahead of them with our process and give you know, them like that's that's, that's what they have to think because it's an agriculture. Do, do do you have you ever bought an like, orange and then complained about it? But no, but no. And then, all right, then you if, know you, if I mean? you're gonna argue it, me on this one, how about step two? It's ridiculous. Every time you grow tobacco, the crop yield's different, and same it's, with it's, oranges, same with apples, same with bananas. Yeah, but they don't get regulated like this tobacco is going to be so the thing is is like when when it comes to actually blending these they cigars, do have an fda stamp on them though. a lot of times when you're blending tobacco they change the blend so it like they, they blend for the flavor not the tobacco mm-hmm. so they, they sample the tobacco and they blend it accordingly mm. that's a no-no so the, the i don't think it's a no-no i think the process is what they're looking for i think it's i am going to tell you if it's not a no-no now that's going to be a no-no i think that's going to be a big no-no and I think it's going to be something that is, if it's not a no-no, it's going to be really rigorous to actually do. And it's, again, smaller companies. And then even so much as these documents have to be accessible by the FDA, like really accessible, and they've got to, they have to be in English, like mm. good English. Yeah. So that's the small factories. Like, again, I, I'm not, I haven't been to a factory, so I don't know if everyone has fluent english people that can do these things but again you're really small factories like your boutique fa- i don't know if yeah if you're going to be able to keep up with that but even go to like florida like again domestically here like those small little like you know like mom and pa shops that are rolling their own cigar are they going to be able to keep doing it you know because is this something that they're going to take up yeah. right like it's and then and then they're not they don't have like the same means that these big factories do for consistency so is that something that's going to be gone as well like it's just and then 
So to me, like this is, I think this is a really bad thing. Well, didn't they didn't they make a it. statement on like you know what actually defines like a company like on the three hundred and fifty employees and stuff like that? No, big, but like, yeah, no, big and small. small. That's just when you have to be in regulation. It, it applies yeah, yeah. to if you so if, if you, you have sell, like a mom and pop shop, obviously that's you're not still, under regulation. Oh, you are. If you sell tobacco in this country, you're under regulation. Doesn't matter if you're one person doing it. Let's take a break from the discussion here for a minute and talk about the syndicato. It's good. <laughs> I want to. I want to know. I want to know what. I'm halfway. I'm. I'm getting ready to get into the final third. Yep. And we haven't even started talking about the cigar. Well, so let's. Topic, so let's. T- yeah, it has. The discussion's been great. Um, Dave, what are you picking up from the cigar? Oh, you like the pairing or not? I love the pairing. The. Uh, it's. I'm getting a lot of. Um, Chocolatey espresso notes. Um, that San Andreas some, some really comes across yeah. with this. Yeah. Um, it's smooth. It's got like this really nice creamy woody finish on the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pairing is perfect for it. Of you know? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Pat? The drink has like a really nice sweetness to it, like a woodiness, and then it has like a nice like, it's a soft spice that kind of goes with like what I'm gonna call a banana, on the finish. But that soft spice kind of leaves you like salivating a little bit, so it kind of opens your palate up and like. Yeah, it if, does. It, it, I'm not taking big sips, but I'm taking enough of a sip that it kind of like, I'm not gonna say shocks my palate, but the spice kind of goes through my nose a little bit, so it kind of yep. opens me up. Yep. So when I draw from the cigar, it actually brings out like a Cajun red spice more than like typically San Andreas. Like this specific cigar, when I've had it before, it's had like a white spice. It gets there, mm-hmm. but it's not really like yeah, a this stimulating is, yeah, spice. Yeah, this is definitely a, like a darker spice. So yeah. it, it brings out the spice a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's like a dry cocoa nib um, with a little bit of hay and then, you know, that sweet kind of espresso um, chocolatiness on the finish. And then like the Nicaraguan tobacco obviously is giving you a little bit of cedar you know, like earth. So the drink is definitely bringing out the San Andreas more than Nicaraguan tobacco, yeah. but the finish still has that kind of leather earth and those typical Nicaraguan characteristics you look for when you smoke something like this. It's a lot of umami with this. Like I'm salivating from like yeah. just the, mm-hmm. con- the, from sipping. And then when I take a draw of the cigar, I'm salivating. Yeah, your spit's flung over here at least three times. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that just normally you, Dave? Mm-hmm. You're just living in umami? Mm. Mommy. Uh, now, Bree, I'm interested Mommy, to, think, yeah. to hear what you think about your pairing here. Um, I'm very happy. I mean, Pat hit the nail on the head. Um, Pat and Dave, like, this this pairing has a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, off the bat, you know, you can look at the tasting profile, the notes, and you can say, yeah, like, you know, this might be good. But I think what happens is um, this pairing almost, like, the bourbon has the effect that simple syrup would have in an old-fashioned you say Mm. like you know the old-fashioned you take the bourbon it's the forward element it's straight it's typically like stronger the cigar i think for whatever reason i expected to have more pepper and to be pretty full-bodied but with this being a 107 proof bourbon um with a smooth finish Mm -hmm. It's creating a reaction that makes these together very enjoyable, very smooth with that underlying sweetness. So it's almost like they both take the edge off of each other, 
but the strength is still underneath and I am getting that salivary effect where it's it's creating this whole experience and yeah. um there's like the right amount of strength and sweetness and warmth. I so totally like you get, agree with that. Yeah. All right, very good. All right, now we can go back to our So, uh the last um <laughs> Recipe asks if there, if there's been a deep dive into the cigar industry by the FDA uh, before specifically. I said before? yes. Before? What do you mean before? Before this, and I'm like they've tried multiple. What do you mean by deep dive? What does she mean by deep dive? I would trying to regulate, and I would say yes. But well, they've always they, been trying to. They just haven't they been haven't, regulating. They haven't premium really... cigars under a premium cigar category. It's been regulated as tobacco. tobacco. Yeah. yeah. So as a group, not in this regulation. Yeah. Again, is tobacco. Right. And we're in that. So that's why the deeming rule. And if we get an umbrella under premium tobacco, they'll have to rewrite the book just for. Well, us. possibly it depends. Well, like th th again, like you have like vape cigarettes, a lot of different categories under this this um ordinance here so but you very you well that there was no mention of premium cigar at all they mentioned cigar they don't use the word premium cigar in that i the quote that i read earlier for the yeah, the manual assembly of a cigar that's the only time that they mentioned it in the whole reg here but so now my fourth con that i think is going to get dan's ears perked up is i think that this is super detrimental for pipe tobacco i think this is like like I think pipe tobacco already is neglected a lot in, in like the the fight, and I think that this is just gonna put it so much further back. Like, and you know, like I, I'll mention before we get into that, like even like premium tobacco, like Drew Estate, like having acid. I don't know, like if this deeming rule comes in favor of premium cigars, like what that's gonna do to factories that produce other kinds of cigars. So. You know, uncertainty there, but I, I honestly, and Dan can probably speak better to this than I can, but based on these regs and this documentation, disclosing everything, like, when, when I think of, like, pipe tobacco, like, that is, like, well, isn't e even the bulk, majority bulk of tobacco, tobacco owned by, like, a few groups right now? But bulk Most. tobacco is something that they specifically mention in this, like, bulk tobacco, like, yeah. it, it's... And then I had even, like, I mentioned this to Dan again. This is me just thinking very critical of step one of this regulation is they actually consider roll-your-own cigarette filters as a bulk tobacco product. So bulk tobacco product. Well, that makes sense. What I'm reading this is, like, if it's something that is ready to sell. So, for instance, like, a carton of cigarettes is a bulk tobacco product. A... 12 pack of carton of cigarettes since the carton of cigarettes is a bulk tobacco product it's a finished product and it's in a 12 pack that's another finished product it's considered a finished product so the everything they reference as examples here is like bulk tobacco like cigarette roll your own cigarette tobacco you know like just it's a, it's a tobacco oriented things but then they have filters which is styrofoam i don't know what they use to make filters but it's not tobacco so a bulk tobacco <laughs> product so uh, maybe I'm thinking too critically of that Cotton. verbiage in this regulation, but to me, even like if you could put a filter in there, I don't think it's it's it, it's not possible to have a pipe in there like no, a, as a bulk tobacco that's, product. That's been said before that a, the, and uh, 
you know that's that's a big gray area right now and you know because even know, to, like uh, just one more point that you can use in your explanation here that might help you think too a little bit about it like even like e-cigarettes like the machine itself without the nicotine tobacco insert in it is regulated under this and that's the what do you call it indirect smoking whatever yeah. you want to call it so like you know i'll let you go dan but to me like pipes very easily fits into this category it does it does fit into the category and um it does have me concerned uh, you know in a, in in a way that cigars you know i think is going to have it easier I, I think one of the if you take the let's let's take the pca's definition of premium cigar you know a, a tobacco you know natural tobacco hand rolled long leaf you know all natural nothing but tobacco in the in the finished product you know when you're talking pipe tobacco um there's very often um uh you know chemicals that are put onto the tobacco to you know keep it from breaking down and and degrading um there are flavorings that are used there are toppings that are used um that premium cigars as a all-natural product just don't have to worry about you know in, in some ways you know like this cigar here you know leaves are curated from a tobacco plant they're aged in barns they're fermented in pilons they're sorted by you know color and size and prettiness you know and and, and then rolled into a, a finished product and a band is put on it there's nothing else done to it you know it is really nat an all-natural product um pipe tobacco was not often that there are exceptions um cornell and deals haunted bookshop for instance none of the component tobaccos in that have any kind of flavoring topping preservative anything at all it's straight 100 percent tobacco it's just cut in a certain way mm -hmm. and pressed in a certain way that i think is is something that you know these rules could easily allow for but the the creativity of introducing a, a, a like a rum to it or, or, or honey or honey um uh the ropes that are made um with god with hogarth you know one of the one of the ways that those ropes one of the reasons that they hold their um uh, moisture. moisture as long as they do is that they they are dipped in olive oil before that they are baked and that's one of the reasons that it's so, so so now I can totally see, you know, what kind of olive oil, what's the, you know, how, how do we know that olive oil is being changed on a regular basis? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, is it it's, the same olive oil every time? Is it, you know, you know, what's and that? is it, is it virgin? Is it, there's, you know? well, so even like when you, when you have like a tin of pipe tobacco, Dan, I just have a quick question so I can understand this too. Like, you know, say you like, you have like Virginia and Latakia, right? Is it an mm -hmm. even 50, 50 of it? Or is it like, is it around 50-50? Like, can you perfect how much of each component's actually in the tin? You or? can, it, making tobacco 
tins is, you know, making a blend is, is literally following a recipe, you know, X amount of this, Y amount of this, Z amount of this mix, put in the tin. Same for a cigar. It's, it's, and it's the same for a cigar that way. Mm-hmm. But, and it but changes I can, with Fatola. But I can see them, you know, say, you know, like, uh, um, you know, Latakia is smoked over soft, soft woods like pine and other aromatic uh, soft woods for a period of six to nine months. I, I can see... You know, the FDA saying, which woods? How, do, how do we know, you where know you which get the woods, woods, where did that wood yeah. come from? How yeah. do we know it's, you know, I, I can, it, it's, it can get much more complicated for pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd be very interested to know, like my, my friend, my good friend Kaz at uh, Laudisi, um, uh, I, I'd love to know what he thinks about this stuff and and how this might be affecting the the future of the pipe tobacco world because all of this stuff that we see you know like like half wheel all they care about is cigars they, they don't care about pipe tobacco you know so their whole and, and that's not a that's not a diss that's their business is cigars they're that's all they're concerned about and so you don't find but there's 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 not a half wheel equivalent out there for the pipe tobacco world so i have no, I have a very vague idea of how this stuff is going to apply to pipe tobacco because there's nobody out there who's digging through it and explaining it from that vantage point. Mm-hmm. So I can so, say just based on what I read, it's it, it seems very like if I was lobbying for like the pipe tobacco industry, I would be very upset about this. And yeah. there's going to be no remedy for because like yeah. the deeming rule is they're not even a portion of it mm-hmm. the argument's going on right now and it's like you yeah. know like I, I don't know enough about well i know a, a fair amount about how like the pipe tobacco is made mm-hmm. but these regs here like it's like e- even like the manual assembly you know like when it comes to like they 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 use a cigar specifically as an example for this because that's what you typically think of but like you know pipe tobacco manual assembly is it a machine that's doing it that's that's yeah. loading it all in like it's just <clears throat> i think there's an extra burden i think the pipe tobacco is going to be regulated under the identical umbrella that everything else like cigarettes and well that's the whole problem are. And I think, um, you know, that's like something that, that Rosetree said too, is that, you know, you know, uh, like cigarettes have been mentioned, but not chewing tobacco, you know, and, you know, she understands the common denomination of smoking, but tobacco is tobacco. And that's like our whole argument is tobacco is not tobacco, you know? Well, and what, you, but what you do with it, you know, uh, you know, how it, the format makes a difference. You know, it's, it's when you take, when you take tobacco and you don't, funk with it you know when when you're doing vaping you've taken tobacco and you have scientifically altered it Mm -hmm. to the point where it's (laughs) you frankensteined it cigarettes are frankenstein yeah you know they're chemically altered just so you can even breathe it into your lungs not yeah but then you do you intentionally breathe that into your lungs you don't with cigars no you don't Don't with with pipe pipe tobacco. tobacco and yeah there's secondhand smoke and you know 
uh, yeah, but the, the secondhand whatever. smoke is non. But there's also secondhand smoke from fireplaces and outdoor, you know, um, you know, bonfires and stuff like that. And we're around that stuff all the time. You don't see the FDA saying, "Well, you know, you don't want to be out there." And if somebody, you know, coughs, you know, when they're sitting around the campfire outside. You don't get concerned for their health. You just tell them to move away from the the, the smoke <laughs> direction of the, the wind. smoke follows me everywhere I sit. You know? <laughs> so, you know it's you know it, it's it's a very different process. You know, and like, you know, there's nicotine is naturally found in other things that we have on the time. Eggplant, eggplant, yep. tomatoes being the big thing. Yep. You know, we all like that stuff. We all like our eggplant parm. You know, I don't, but I it. don't know about you. I don't wake up in the morning going, oh. my God, if I don't have another yeah. slice of eggplant, I'm going to go nuts. Right. That's, that's not how this works. And so, you know, when, when you isolate that and you add it with a whole other bunch of chemicals and then you take it into your lungs, which absorbs things at an exponential rate. Mm-hmm as opposed to your mouth and saliva and stuff yeah you're gonna have a whole different effect you know i I would suspect the same thing would happen if you had a way to to you know uh vaporize chocolate and you inhaled that (laughs) i would think it would be just as bad for you yeah if you breathed it in you know so it's it's or coffee or you know popsicles i i, I think the well, same I mean, thing would happen. the same thing goes for plastic it's great you can use it for so many things but if you burn it and breathe in the fumes you're gonna die yeah you know what i mean yeah like yeah. uh common sense here mm-hmm. so i going back to the reg though here like i guess one of the things that i was looking at is because trying to like look at this in the eyes of like pipes so you know like when we're arguing or setting regulations under this umbrella here for premium cigars it seems like it's very easy to distinguish the methods behind that from literally everything else in the categories here so i'm curious to see and this is the fight that i think is going to happen with the pipes is like some processes with cigarettes align with pipe tobacco mm-hmm. now not the toxins and all the unhealthy inherent risks but you know, like how, you know, maybe it's shredded and, you know, belted to the tin. I, I don't know, like, again, that side of things I'm not aware of. But yeah. I'm just, well, I, I would expect that a lot of the ways that cigarette manufacturers are curing and handling their tobacco might waterfall into pipes even though it's different but since the processes overlap in some aspects they might get put in with because you could also like you know like again like and this is another topic that we can talk about as well if we have time is this is going to trickle down to the retailer too this isn't just going to be like from the manufacturing side i think this is going to trickle down to shops like b&m's i online wholesaler i think this is gonna 100 percent trickle down to those areas but you know like when you you sell pipe tobacco you could potentially do a roll your own cigarette and put that component you know tobacco in that and i'm just wondering if the fda might look at it that way when it's in the retail shops and they might 
really put them in with the cigarette manufacturers. Again, I'm just hypothesizing. There's nothing in this reg that specifically says they're going to do that. Well, I but, mean, you could buy table stop and, and table salt and snort it, but, the, you know, you can't regulate well, that. Well, that's very you know different. I mean? Like, know? it's smoke, it's smoke tobacco, and it's, it's cut in a way that the consumer can alter it. Like, you can't really alter a cigar. But you can alter pipe tobacco. Well, I can I can chop up a cigar and. And it's it the same pipe. varietals as cigarette tobacco for the light tobacco. Here's 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 the thing. You know, as as much as I'm happy that IPCPR changed its initials to something a little bit easier to pronounce, the PCA, even though uh, you might confuse that with the Presbyterian Church of America, you know, that used to stand for International Premium Cigar and Pipe retailers and when you change the name to pca premium cigar association you have cut pipes and pipe tobacco out of that and one of the frustrations i have is that um pipes and pipe smoking is you know to a lot of shops like twins very important and when you're focusing yeah, all of your time PCPA. and energy PTA. on, on, <laughs> on cigars and you're not dealing with with the uh you know the pipe side of things i mean the, the pipe tobacco gets the shaft that way would tobacco you know? be too broad if they were premium tobacco i know that's pta so. i mean i i don't think so. i i think if you then went and said what do we mean by premium tobacco we mean premium cigars and premium pipe tobacco mm -hmm. you know that are you know basically all tobacco products that are meant to be you know smoked and enjoyed for you know this way for these purposes you know and again you know i the the industry could use a little bit of organization you know some of this stuff you know you know i mean here at twins we've been doing a lot of research you know on on upgrading our POS system and and one of the things that I've found in in going through that process is that there is no there is no standard for explaining anything you know uh, one company will describe their stuff you know using these words another company will describe their stuff using different words some use upc symbols some don't some just say the size of the, you know it's it's very to, to find some kind of consistency across this industry it, it it's it's horrific you know and so ending up with some kind of internal industry-wide understanding of this is how you present that information some of that could really we could really benefit from that mm -hmm. you know um i totally see where pat's going with this you know putting a damper on creativity i'm against that and for um you know further regulation which i totally believe this is you know this is the this is the this is the this toe is the way, in the pool before is, the dive. This is well, no. I think the first. I think I think the whole thing that we've been fighting for the last seven years has been like the stick. Now they're holding out the carrot. Like, okay, that didn't work. But don't you think it would be nice to know that these people in these uh, countries are being treated well, that they're in good, clean environments, 
don't you think it would be great to know that you have a you have a way if you have a problem or you encounter a problem because you smoked your cigar and it had this problem in it that you have a means now to go and figure out what happened and and make sure that that doesn't happen again to get recompense for what it is i mean who's going to say no to them you know on but that's the problem is that it it's not that simple but they're it's presented as being that simple does mm-hmm. that make sense mhm and like versus the thing that i look at too like when i'm just reading it too is like the purpose behind it like dave has been i said i would loop back to this point dave was making about like how you know we can kind of shape the regulations and have an opinion to it i think that's a gag i really don't think that's what's going to happen because like if you have like a you know i'm just going to use random companies for no particular reason a tour fuente has a certain standard let's just say they have the highest standard right and then you have just take agronorsa for no particular reason just first thing that comes in my head they have good standards, but it's not as good as Otua Fuentes. But for Agonosa's situation, it's good for them. But again, it's not as good as Otua Fuente. I don't think that they're gonna let. At some point, they're gonna uniform. The, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna use this as a means to see what every factory says is the right thing to do. See who the best is, and when they do these Cherry inspections, pick. when they see these inspections. Well, they're doing it. Why aren't you doing it? You know. But when they do the inspection, see really what the quality and how it's supposed to be done. And I think that's going to trickle to everyone else. I, I don't think every factory is going to have their own set no. way of doing things. No, I think you said it right earlier in the show when you said this is going to Americanize the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I, I think that's totally spot on that you know, as they see these hundred different ways that different companies do things, they're going to look and say, and they might very well be right. This is the best process we've seen. Therefore, we want everybody to follow this process. And the company that's doing that is going to be like strutting around. You know, we're the great example. Look at this. They, they want all the other shops to be doing the things the way we do it. But w- what is that actually doing? It's actually saying we approve of this way of doing things and therefore it's going to be the way we do things and, and that's that, that, that's american and, and just conspiracizing what i think is going to happen is i think this is i don't think anyone in the industry is as stupid so i i don't think they're going to maybe fall for it I, I know the pca i think actually did a response to this i didn't look at that yet but i do think they commented but like i think that this is a disguise for the FDA to be taught from the manufacturers how it should be done. And they're using it to be like, oh, shape it yourself. So it's a very transparent, honest thing. And I think that, like I said, they're going to start uniforming this process. And that's where I think it's going to cause yeah, The FDA is totally intending on having It's going to cause <laughs> potentially a divide in the industry because now you're going to have these big principal factories that are doing it the right way and... To them, it's weeding out other factories because they they don't have the means to do it the way they do it. So it's going to separate. It may be, but you know, I'm conspiracizing. But the Titans are going to benefit from this, and they're the ones who are the machine to this whole fight. Right. So if you satisfy the Titans, they might pull out, and now all the other smaller that's such a huge detriment lines, to the well again i'm conspiracizing i'm not saying this is what's happening but this is what i think it is very well happening. could be what's happening 
And I think they're going to weed. Now the money's gone from these groups, and now it's the smaller companies. You eliminate the smaller guys. You have less factories. You have these big titans that you can easily regulate because maybe there's like maybe 10 left or something, right? I mean, probably more than that. But you're eliminating these small, like, you know, like your, you know, Kristoffs, I guess. Like your, I'm trying to think of uh, Blockwork Studios. Like, yeah. the, you know, your smaller factories. And it's, it's making it easier to regulate now you know like cigarettes for instance you have big names you think factories. that's why like some of the bigger companies are buying the smaller companies up like real fast so that they can protect the actual industry i doubt no that's just scandinavian no, tobacco protecting. just being yeah. scandinavian tobacco yeah. but like that's what i think if i had to just predict what's going to happen that's probably there if i was on the fda that would be my angle like you just cut the revenue from the you know the, the fight please the big factors and you can easily regulate them because they have the, they have all the money to do what you want them to do and set the standard like that's what i think is happening all right we're coming up at the end of the show here mm. let's talk about final thoughts for the syndicato maduro i think great cigar medium great medium plus um lots of cocoa some nice espresso notes the uh, bourbon was fantastic with this um created a whole new set of spice levels um you know this is normally i get more of a white pepper it's more of a red pepper with the uh bourbon here and um oh you have I no idea was, Pete, i'm going to make you hot pepper white pepper cold pepper all <laughs> time great pairing brie you did a great job thank you happy what do you think brie are you uh happy with everything yes very good definitely glad we went with this over the cold brew martini me too <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i think it would have uh, drowned out a lot of the good attributes of the cigar i agree mm -hmm. i agree in retrospect yes mm -hmm. pat final words yeah it's very good it's again they it's it's made at agonosis factory right mm -hmm. it's if you like agonosa and you want like kind of a fuller bodied san andreas wrap boom boom mm. there you go dave Mm. yeah there you go mm. <laughs> all right thanks for being with us tonight great discussion we'll be back next week eight o'clock tuesday night or maybe monday night mm. it could be could be could, could be, be. Schedule could change. be. we're thinking about schedule change here uh, but regardless we'll see you next week you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge expertise and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoke.